Psalm 103, a psalm of David. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in mercy. He will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. For as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he has removed our transgressions from us. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. For he knows our frame, he remembers that we are dust. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it, and it is gone. And its place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting on those who fear him and his righteousness to children, children, to such as keep his covenant and to those who remember his commandments to do them. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength and do his word, heeding the voice of his word, Bless the Lord, all you, his hosts, you ministers of his who do his pleasure. Bless the Lord, all his works, in all places of his dominion. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Father, we pray this morning that, Lord, as we go through this psalm, that, Lord, you would touch our hearts, Lord, that you would awaken those things inside of us that seem to have been deadened by the world, Lord. Father, we pray that you would bring an excitement and life into our inner being, Lord, that you would, Father, do those things that only you can do, Lord. You created us. You know everything about us. So, Father, we pray this morning that you would uh, speak to us through your word, Lord. I pray that you would use me as a vessel, Father, for you to speak to these hearts. Father, if there's anything that is displeasing, Lord, I pray that you would keep it from my lips, Lord, that, that these here wouldn't hear it, Lord. So, Father, have your way with us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. <clears throat> so, as I thought about what to share and um, Thanksgiving being here, uh, things that we're most thankful for, I think Christmas is right around the corner, and what more to be thankful for than, than God sending Christ to die on the cross for us, uh, the, the biggest blessing that we could ever have. 
So I'm going to work my way through this. I might get long-winded in spots and short-winded in other spots, and we may make it all the way through and we may not. But if we don't, I'd encourage you to go home and read through this again and, and just work through it on your own because there's so much in here. You know, Spurgeon had said that, that this one chapter of the Psalms was, was more than a thousand pens could, could write down. You know, there's so much in this to unpack it that this little bit t- today just does it such a disservice. So uh, we pray that we will, we will do something here to uh, quicken this, the spirit in us this morning. Um, this is written by David. Um, I think the way it's written, I think it was much later in his life. I think of David, when I used to think of David, I thought of him as the, the perfect guy that did everything right. He, you know, he went right to the Lord with everything that happened. You know that there was there was nothing going on in his life that he didn't first come to the Lord. And and then I see, you know, that it was quite a different man than that. You know, he's more a man like myself and and a, a person like each one of us in here. He had his faults, and they were some dreadful faults that he had. But he, but he learned that as the Lord forgave him for the things that he did. Uh, grievous things, adultery, lying about it, murder, uh, Bathsheba and Uriah, you probably all know the story, um, that the Lord blessed him, uh, forgave him for those things and blessed him. Those were capital punishment things, that things that he should have been stoned for, even being king. But the Lord um, sought not to do that. So uh, let's start into uh, verse 1 as we uh, think of the things of David wrote here. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Now, some of your versions have praise instead of um, bless. Uh, Pastor Chuck Smith says that that bless is stronger than praise. Blessing is praise with with adoration and thanksgiving from a, a heart that has deep love in it. So that's what the Lord wants from us. He wants us to to know him in that way that he knows us. He has an agape love that is so extravagant, we can't even begin to understand the the depths of his love for us. And what David is doing here, we picture David throughout his life uh, worshiping the Lord. When he was younger, he was worshiping the Lord in the fields with the sheep, tending the sheep, and he saw all God's creation around him. Uh, Later in life, we see... Um, him praising the Lord because he was forgiven for the things that he had done. Uh, we see him trusting the Lord and obeying the Lord. Um, here's a, a young lad who goes and fights the enemy's hero, Goliath, and he slays him because he's trusting in the Lord and the Lord's strength working through him. So he has a lot to be thankful for. He's here probably penning this in one of those moments where he doesn't feel like blessing the Lord. Something's wrong. Something's not right in him. So we see him here commanding his soul, his immortal part of his being, to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. Do you ever talk to yourself? I talk to myself a lot. I live alone, so it, you know. Sometimes I answer myself on all those things, but uh, you know, sometimes it's good things and sometimes it's bad things. You know, why didn't you do the dishes? I don't know. It was your turn. Huh? But here, David is commanding his soul to bless the Lord. Look at all the benefits that we've had. Why will you not bless the Lord? So bless the Lord with all that's within me, not just with words. So many times I think, I blessed the Lord, but I blessed him with 
my words, just uh, wrote things that I say sometimes. And I think we can all be guilty of that. But what David is talking about here is physically, physically with his body, to put everything into it, like you're playing a, a sport or whatever your hobby is that you love to do the most. That's what David is saying. Put all that energy into it. Work up a sweat. Work up all those things. But put all those things into it, and not just physically, but mentally. Put your mind into it. Be undivided. Be focused on the Lord. It's so easy for me to be distracted. I don't know about each of you. So far, you all seem to be watching this way, so you're not distracted yet. But, but we can be distracted. We can be divided in things. Think of these things, uh, how many times you're praying, and you're praying to the Lord, and then it's like, oh, I need to make a note of this so I can remember to do that afterwards. And, and I get all these things going on and on. But David's like, no, 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 no. Focus on the Lord. Just focus on him. He wants to sit there and look you in the face and, and talk with us. He loves us that much that that's what he wants to do. And I think so many times, I'm, you know, it brings me to tears because I don't do that. And I think that when we just passed Thanksgiving, the things we were thankful for, I didn't do this. You know, and I was really convicted as, as I was studying through this and thinking, wow. There's so much more that I could do. No distractions, no idols, nothing in the way. It's just me focusing on the Lord and, and the blessings you know, that I should be giving him. Emotionally, with everything that's in me, all my emotions, I should be able to pour out my heart to him. Tell him the, the deep hearts, hurts that I have in my heart, the, the, the joys that I have. You know, I, I look at my grandson and my daughter and my son and I think, wow, you know, the Lord has blessed me. I have so much to be thankful for. Same with David. So he, he's saying put everything in it, that immortal part in me. Get that stirred up to bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Again, he tells him. A command now, a command, do this. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Oh, sorry, I missed a step on his names. Bless his holy name. His holy name. Through the Old Testament, we see God's holy name. He has many names. And in the Old Testament, names told of what your character was. So God has many names. I'm just going to pick a couple of them here just because I think that they relate to this. In Hebrew, uh, the, the first name I, I think of is Elohim. Elohim is plural, and it speaks of the Trinity, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the Creator God, also a judge. So that's the, the first name that I think of. He's our creator and he's our judge. El Elyon, the most high God, extreme sovereignty and majesty. He's over all things. There's nothing that compares, nothing even close, not even a close second. There's nothing near. El Shaddai, the Lord Almighty, the becoming one. I'm sure we've heard he becomes what it is that we need. He became whatever the Israelites in the desert needed. He becomes what we need also if we ask him. You have not because you ask not. We need to ask him. We need to know that he's right there. He's the becoming one. He is like the, the breastfeeding mother who looks the child in the face, and he is the one who um, nourishes and satisfies and sustains and supplies everything that we need. As that child is helpless without the mother, so we're helpless without the father. He, he wants to look in our face, and he wants to see what it is that we need. He wants to see everything about us. He sees everything, but do we see him in everything that we do? 
and many times I don't. It's an afterthought, you know. Um, and and to my shame, you know, I, I need to change that. I need to think more diligently about those things. And I think that we can all be lax, you know, even if we're great in one day, the next day something happens and we tend to forget about those things. So again, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The way he interacts with us is we see how he interacted with Israel and all the other peoples throughout the Old Testament. There were many things that he did, you know. He heard the cries of the, the people when they were in bondage in Egypt. He heard that. He dealt with them there. There are so many benefits. He deals with us, each of us in our lives. There's things, great things that he does. And there's things that he puts us through, trials and testings and things like that to increase our faith. He doesn't do it because he dislikes us. He says that if you're my child, I'm going to discipline you in a good way, not in a hurtful way, not in a harmful way, but, but to coax us on towards doing better things. That's what it's all about, to, to make us more Christ-like day by day. So forget not all his benefits, those things day by day by day he does for us over and over and over again that we can tend to forget. We can tend to forget to ask for. <clears throat> the biggest one, uh, of course, Christmas is coming in Christ. He forgives all our iniquities, and that's through Christ. That's the biggest thing that he's done for us, because without that, the wages of sin is death. <clears throat> Iniquities is, is sin. Sin is, you've probably heard it, missing the mark. It's the archer shooting at the target and missing the mark. That's a sin. There's transgressions where we overstep a bound. We know something's not right. We overstep that. So we sin intentionally. And then there's iniquities. Iniquities are those twisted things inside us, the, the lusts that we have, the greed, the anger, the bitterness, all those things that we have inside us, those deep things that we hope nobody else sees because they're really wretched when we think about them. Those are healings that he wants to do in us, you know, to heal our immortal person, to, to heal our soul. So he, he wants to forgive all those, and as he forgives them, they're gone. They're gone. Forgives. It's present tense and future. I was never good in English, so it's just from... The past to the present and on to the future. It never stops. He's always forgiving us. So English majors, I don't know what that is out there, but uh, that thing, whatever that person said. He heals all of our diseases, iniquities being those things inside nobody knows. You know, I, when I first read this a long time ago, um, I thought, he heals all of our diseases. Hmm. Many of us pray many times for things to be healed. And I think when Jeannie, my wife, had breast cancer, the church, all our friends, everybody that we knew prayed for her healing. We prayed, and it looked like it was going to happen. She went through all the, the, the chemo, the radiation, the surgeries, all those things, and we were like, wow, praise the Lord. He's really working. He's really working. And then the cancer came back, and it took its toll, and it was... It was hard on us as a family and everybody that we knew. And I thought, Lord, we prayed. We did, we did this. What happened? I don't, I don't get it. Did we pray wrong? Did we pray amiss? We, I don't know. But as I, I learn more now, as I walk through that, 
and I see these things, he did heal her. He healed her totally. When she passed from this life and opened her eyes in his presence, she was totally healed. I think the Lord heals us day by day from the things going on in our lives. Many things we don't even know that he's healed. Many things. And, you know, when we think about that, it's like, well, I can't point to one thing he healed me of. Well, that's just because you're not seeing. You don't know what's going on deep down inside. that the Lord heals us of all these things. He's not going to make us superhuman because because of sin. We all have to die here. I'm praying for the rapture to happen, and that doesn't happen to all of us, but the, you know, the rapture being put off to his timing, we all have to die. We're, we may be saved for 50 things, but that 51st thing is going to send us over the edge, and we're going to die, and we're going to see him face to face. So he does heal us, but I think so many times we don't, see because we don't have spiritual eyes to see what it is he's doing for us day by day. And I think that we need to 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 work on that. That's something that's acquired. You know, the more you're with somebody, a husband and wife, you know each other's movements. It becomes a dance as you grow older together. You that are newlyweds and and young weds, you know, as you go through those times, you see it's kind of like, you know, Back and forth, you know, it's like a your wife's coming at you with a broadsword, you know, and you've got the, the pickaxe, you know, and you're going back and forth. You're chopping off those rough edges. And the more you work together, the smoother you become, and you become that one person that he had envisioned from the beginning when he took a man and a woman and he brought them together and cleaved them together. So he does heal us. He does do those wonderful things. He redeems our life from destruction. And that's through Christ's finished work on the cross. Destruction is the, the fiery pit. You know, that if we don't know him, that that's where we're bound for. You know, and that was made for the angels that, that left their abode, the angels that rebelled. But if we don't accept Christ into our hearts, then all of these benefits we're talking about aren't for us. Therefore, those who are called children of God, who've made that accepting of Christ in their lives. So he's redeemed us by the finished work of Christ in our lives from that pit of destruction. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. Think of your life and think of the love that he's, he's bestowed upon you. I think we can overlook that because we get busy with things going on out there. Even things in here, we can be busy doing ministry things and forget the, the love that we're supposed to have, the kindness we're supposed to have one to another. We're one big family here if we know Christ. And if not, he wants us to have another brother, another sister in there because that's what it's all about. It's all about relationships, a relationship with him face to face and with each other. So he crowns us with that loving kindness and his tender mercies. I think of even here, brothers and sisters in the Lord. We have a place to come to that, that is so different than a third world country where people were meeting in a cave or, or by the side of a stream because they don't have a building. In the cold, they're shivering and praising the Lord and, and glorifying him. We think in here, you guys are probably a little chilly today because I'm up here. Sorry. But otherwise, I swept profusely, and I have to have little guys bring me drinks with umbrellas in them and things because it gets hot here under these lights. And I'm, I have more meat on me than Tony does. 
But but he blesses us with those things. He's blessed us with a pastor and his wife, humble servants of the Lord that teach the word week after week after week. Call people up, talk to them, work them through issues and, and problems. Is that a blessing or what? To me, that's a blessing in my life. And I think that, that there are so many things that we just walk past because we see them and, and they're there, but we don't take note of to who gave them to us. So we should be looking at that. Tender mercies. They're new every morning, you know. We can't, we can't use them all up, thankfully. I've used my share and I think eight other people's shares, but they're still there. I, you know, it, it's, it's amazing. He satisfies our mouths with good things, meaning he sustains us. We don't always have steak and tails to eat. Sometimes it's rice and beans. Sometimes it's just beans. Sometimes it's just rice, hot dogs, whatever. But he sustains us. You know, David said, I've never saw a child of God forsaken. Exactly. So he knows what we need. He's our sustainer and our supplier. So we just have to look to him for those things. <clears throat> you know, I see mouth in there. You may have a, a different uh, version that has desires in there. You know, the desires. Those things that our youth is renewed like the, the wings of an eagle. He sustains us with food. He sustains us with our desires maybe to do something to bless the Lord, to do something in that way. There's also, um, the word can be translated ornamentation, ornaments, things that we amass, things that he's let us do or he's done for us that are in our past that we can look at and say, yes, the Lord was faithful for me here. The Lord was faithful for me here. The Lord was faithful for me here. It's like a Christmas tree. We have all these things on us that, how can I not bless the Lord? You know, if somebody's not blessing the Lord and somebody's downcast, I can tell them, look, the Lord has been faithful to me here. The Lord has been faithful to me here. We look at things, I lost a job, I have no place to live, I, I, my car's broken, all those things that we look at the worldly things that we hold on to and think that uh, I'm, I'm going to crash and burn without this, I need this. Now, what we need is the Lord. What we need to have is that relationship with the Lord because he supplies all those things for our mouths, for our desires to please him and do those things, all those things that help us to go forward because we see what he's done in the past for us. It kind of skips into to something different. Um, recalling God's goodness now for for Israel and the Israelites, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He heard the cries, as I said before, of the Israelites when they were in Egypt. 400 years they cried out. He heard them, and in his time, he brought the deliverer. So he hears those things. When Israel was in captivity to the Assyrians and the Babylonians, he heard them also. You know what? He hears us also when we're oppressed. He's the never-changing one, the immutable one. All those things that we read in the Old Testament are there for us to learn that God never changes, that he loves us the way he loved them. So remember that, that, that he executes righteousness. He does the right thing all the time. He never missteps. There's always justice. Even when we see so much injustice in the world today, 
The Lord takes note of each and every thing, every injustice against his children. And eventually, he is the judge and he's the one who is going to call for a reckoning on that time. So know that he is a just judge. He made known his ways to Moses. Now Moses was saved at an early age from being drowned in the river by Pharaoh and his men. You know, he killed somebody, he was cast out into the desert, he fled for his life. Out there, God met him out there. And um, <clears throat> spoke to him through a burning bush. And God used him, he called him to go back and to speak to his people. So, when he did that, he eventually got the people out. He was on Mount Sinai, and he was speaking with the Lord there, and he wanted to see more. He wanted to know more, and God said, I- I'll show you my ways. And God, he wanted to see God, and he said, I can't let you see me totally, but stand in the cleft, I'll put my hand there, and I'll walk there. You'll see my afterglow. And I think that's what we see here as we look around. God is present with us here today. It's not something, some ethereal thing we think of. He's here with us in the midst. Wherever two or three are gathered, he's here. So we see his afterglow as he's working in in each and every one of us. Each face that I see here, he's working in our lives, and that's his afterglow flowing through this room here. That's how he works in and through us. Each one of us has giftings that he's given us. Each one has something to give to the whole body as we're here. We all have something to give. We all have something that we need from somebody else here. That's why he calls us together like this. So he made those ways known to him. His acts to the children of Israel, they didn't know God as intimately because they were unbelieving. They didn't know, they didn't care. They always just wanted their stomachs filled and all those things. But they saw his acts. He removed them from captivity. They saw the Red Sea open up. You know, when when they were boxed in, the Egyptians are coming at them. They're fearing for their lives. They got out of there by God's miraculous hand opened the sea, walked through on dry ground. The other side, they're praising the Lord as the sea comes back down and kills the Egyptians, never to be seen again. They go through the desert. They have no water. They're complaining. Why would you bring us out here to kill us? We long for that time back in Egypt when we had leeks and onions and things. You know, They, they forgot about being hard taskmasters over them and their kids being thrown into the river and all that stuff. But they remembered oh, the leeks and, and I... I'm getting hungry just thinking about that. Leeks and garlic and things. So he showed those acts to them. Again, the Jordan River opened up. They crossed over. The walls of Jericho fell down. That wasn't something they did. They marched around, probably feeling a little silly as they're going. You know, the jeers from the walls and all those things. But those were the things that God showed them. Not his ways, but his acts. The Lord is merciful and gracious. You know, the, the undeserved favor of God that there's nothing that we do to, to earn that. That's because he loves us. We're his children. He cares for each one of us individually. And he knows what we're going through. He knows what we're thinking. He knows the, the hurts that we have. It's his undeserved mercy. You know, they're, again, new every morning. You know, he has so much for us. And if we understood what Ephesians says, that The storehouse of heaven is filled with good things for us. We just need to ask him. 
whatever we can think of, if we're doing his will, not new cars, those kinds of things, but things to do his will that, Lord, I want to know you deeper. I want to know you more. I want to love people more. I want to be in ministry for you to do whatever, cleaning toilets or or washing windows or, or whatever it may be. That's what we want to do. <clears throat> you know, he tells us that he won't always strive with us. Not to strive, I think of when I think of strive, I think of Jacob fighting God in the desert. You know, I don't really want to wrestle with God. I trust God and I believe Him and all those things. You know, and and Jacob held on to Him, wrestled all night, held on, and said, you know, I'm not going to let you go unless you bless me. But I, I think what what is meant here in this in this meaning is more to He contends with us when He knows when we're going to a place where we're not supposed to be when we're going into those areas he doesn't want us to be, that they're not healthy for us, that are places that are are bad for us. He begins to build the case against us so that our conscience is, is, oh, it's kind of pricked there. So we see that he's like pulling us out of that place by, by our conscience. We're being convicted by being there. And I think this is what it's talking about. He won't always do that. If we keep going back there over and over and over again, whatever that may be, whatever that sin is or that, that place that he knows isn't good for us and we know isn't good for us, eventually he'll let us go back there and, and do those things. But, but he does try to, to convince us to, to stay on the path that he's called us. And he doesn't keep his anger forever with us which is, I'm very thankful, um, because I lived a, a rebellious life. I was a true hellion and did all kinds of crazy things. And um, you know, thankfully, I came to know him, and that was all gone. I still think about it, but God's like, I don't know what you're talking about. That's gone. I, I don't, it's not there. But I remember, and I keep thinking shameful. I see somebody doing something, and I think, oh, Lord, I remember those days. I remember doing that. I remember being caught or not being caught. I remember, it's behind me, thankfully. But his anger is not always there, and and I'm thankful for that. He has not dwelt with us according to our sins. Praise the Lord. You know, here we're entering now into a part where uh, the focus is on our forgiveness. You know, the way he deals with us is in love, that agape love, that love that we can't put into words. It's extravagant. It's the, the, the fanciest, biggest word that you can think of. That's how his love is for us. We think love, like if I say I love you in the morning or you know, I do something nice for you, I get you a card on Mother's Day. or what. That's not love. I mean, it's love, but it's not this kind of love. This kind of love is overwhelming. It's overwhelming. It's hard to understand. We, we can't even fathom how how his love is for us. So that's why he doesn't deal with us according to our sins. Plus, those sins are already paid for by Christ on the cross. The sins in our past, the sins that we've yet to do, the sin I may do as soon as I step down from this pulpit because of my evil heart, those things are all forgiven. We just need to keep that short account. You know, There's no punishment for us according to our iniquities. It's all paid for. And and for as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is his mercy towards those who fear him. That mercy is whatever we could do, his mercy is so much bigger, so much greater. We think of the 
the most despicable people in history, Hitler's and Stalin's and all, all those people, Fidel Castro who just died, all those people who did these despicable things, we could see them in heaven if they accepted the Lord into their lives. To us, that doesn't make sense. Lord, right to the pit, right to the pit with them. I hope they had a terrible death, blah, blah, blah. That's our nature. That's the way we are. We don't forget those things. We hold them, hold people to what they've done, but not the Lord. The Lord says, my mercy is new every morning. I'm long-suffering. I'm all these things for you. Come to me. Come to me. He wants no one to go to the pit. No one. Did all those people do that? I don't know. We'll see when we get there. But that's how high his mercy is. We can't see that. I, done. You did it. You're going. Sorry. Here's your express ticket. No stops. Right down. But not God. His mercy is that, that great, but only for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far as he removed our transgressions from us. And I love this, because I'm thinking like, for me, it's like, okay, I'll give you from here to Florida or from here to California. That's it. You know, I'll give you, you know, a year. If you do it again, we're going to talk, you know, that kind of a thing. But not God. And God, who is the creator of all things, didn't choose to say as far as the north is from the south because we all know you go north once you cross over the top of the earth where are you going you're going south until you get to the bottom and you get down there and you see kangaroos and penguins and stuff now you're going north again but he said the east from the west you can go east forever and ever and ever you're never going to go west if you go west forever and ever and ever you're never going to go east you just keep going around and around and around it's not like north and south so God, being the creator of all things, thought, here's a way that you can know that you're never going to run into your sins again. My way, you're going to run into your sins again. I would, because I'm kind of that way. I would find them again and run into them. But not God's way. They're separated forever. And those are our transgressions. Those are those sins that we do knowingly. Not like, oh, I didn't know that that was wrong. I knew this was wrong, and I did it. Those are transgressions. Those are the things we do on purpose. As a father pities his children, so the Lord pities those who fear him. That's because his eye is always upon us. His eye is on the sparrow. His eye is much more on us. He cares so deeply for us. He's watching everything. You're the delight. Look at Job when he talked to Satan about Job. He's a righteous man. He's a great guy. I love him. He loves me. He thinks the same thing of each one of us, regardless of what we think. His eye is always upon us, and he pities us. Not pity like, oh, that poor fool. It's, he has compassion for us. He wants us to succeed in all things. He, he has that storehouse in heaven. He's like, just, just ask me. Just ask me, and, and it's yours. I want to give you good things. I mean, how much do we give our children because we love them? How much more... Is he a good, good father that would give even more? He gave us his son. You can't beat that. Everything else is trivial compared to that. But he has compassion upon us. He loves us so deeply. For he knows our frame, and he remembers that we are dust. He made each one of us. He knows what we can handle. He knows what we can't handle. But you know what? He always takes us to the edge of what we can handle so that we can grow, 
so that he doesn't leave us where we are. It's like, oh, Rick here, he, he can't do much. So I, I could never put him up here or, God forbid, over there doing those things. But <clears throat> I, but I want to stretch him. I want to grow him, each one of us. He wants to take us a bit further and a bit further. He wants to change our insides. So we have those trials and temptations that we go through to make us more Christ-like day by day because he loves us. He knows what our frame is made of. As for man, his days are like grass. As a flower of the field, so he flourishes. For the wind passes over it and it's gone and its place remembers it no more. Each one of us, that's going to be said of us. That's what happens with us here. It wasn't meant to be that way. We were meant to walk with him in the cool of the day, in the evening, and walk with him in the garden. That was the beginning. That was it. And then he knew what was going to happen because he gave us free will. And we took our free will and we did whatever. And we can say Adam did it, Eve did it. If we were there, we would have done it also. But we were supposed to live with him and never die. That's why grieving is such a hard thing when we lose somebody because it was never supposed to happen. It's hard to deal with. And we even see Christ wept at Lazarus's grave because the whole rest of the Bible, he's trying to fix us to get us back into the garden with him again so that we can walk with him again. And that day is coming soon. Amen. So, regardless of how long we live, weeks, months, 60 years, 100 years, think of the, back in the old days, 700, 900 years, but when you die, that's it. Some people will remember you. Now we put tombstones on the ground, and it was like, oh yeah, who is this guy? And you know, we can go look up history, Google somebody, and we can find out. But, but basically, you're, you're not there anymore. It's like, oh, you live here now? Somebody used to live there like 20 years ago when I lived in this neighborhood. And they have no clue who that person is. You know, none of the neighbors know. Nothing like that. Nobody knows. Just like the Lord said, it's the flower of the field, so he flourishes. Because we look beautiful for a while, and then we're gone. The wind passes over it and is gone. This place remembers it no more. But the mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. And aren't you glad? Aren't you glad it's not just for 20 years of your life or for the first 60 years after that? It's like, you know, you should have learned by now you're on your own. I'm 61, so that wouldn't have done it because I didn't learn a whole lot during that first 60 years. I'm just learning now more and more what it means to, to be a child of God and to love him and to walk according to his ways. I've blown so much and I keep thinking, Lord, I have to make it up to you. I have to do more. I have to do... He's like, no, 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 no. It's not about what you do. It's about what I do in you. Oh, oh, oh okay, I got it. You know, and then I forget. And then I want to do it all again. Lord, it's what? No, 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 no. And he's constantly, constantly telling me it's what he does. It's not what I do. I did one thing. I accepted him in my heart. That's all I had to do. He does the rest. He expects us to walk according to his ways, but the great feats that we do, slaying Goliaths and doing those things, that he does those things. His righteousness 
last children's children. So if you raise up your children in the way they should go, knowing the Lord, then they'll teach their children and they'll be blessed and they'll teach their children. On and on and on it goes. It's self-replicating. That's what God does. He puts us in him in our hearts and then we transfer it to somebody else's heart and it just goes on and on that way. So just be thankful for that. You know, we can't always worry about our children. Our children, God worries about them and takes care of them much more than we could ever think of or do. <clears throat> to such he keeps his covenant and to those who remember his commandments and to do them. It's one thing to remember them. It's another thing to do them. You know, do we do them? That's the hard thing to, to remember. First, we have to know what they are. And how do we learn that? By being in the Word. Here, Sundays and Wednesdays and our studies at home, all those things, that's what helps us to understand the Word and to understand God's ways. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules over all. That's the El Elyon, the, the, the supreme God, the God that's over everything, the, the majestic ruler. That his, his kingdom is over all. We may have puppet leaders and kings and presidents and all those things here, but you know he's the one that puts one up and puts another down and then takes that one and puts that one over here and... He does all that like we're little puppets kind of thing. You know, we have a ruler. Think of King Saul. King Saul wasn't the best man. He, w he had a heart after God in the beginning, but then his heart went more to himself. And God put him down and raised David up. You know, and then David was a man after God's own heart. That's what I want to be. You know, I want to be knowing his ways. I want to be following in his ways. I want to be doing those things. But then God fell. I mean, not God, but David fell. That's heretical. Forgive me, Lord. David fell, you know. So all of those things, you know, we, we have to know that, that God's kingdom, he's ruling over all things. Then David turns to bless the Lord all his angels who excel in strength and do his word. They're at action. There's action. That's not even a word, is it? They're in action all the time around us, in the invisible world that we don't see, the, the battles that are going on between powers and principalities. Even right here, there's probably a battle going on that we don't even know. Watch that. But, but those things are happening, and they're doing these things for God. God tells them to go and do this, and they go and do it. They don't ask why. They don't ask anything like that. They go and do what God told them to do. So David is saying, you, angels, Bless the Lord. And they're thinking, yeah, that's what we do. You know, we watch you guys. We crane our necks to see he redeemed you from the pit. We don't understand that. We don't understand why he does that. And we, we long to know those things. But we just do what he says. We obey him at all things that he says. They heed the voice of his word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you his ministers of his, who do his pleasure, all of you, Worship the Lord. Bless the Lord, all his works. I think of when Christ came into the, the city and he said, if these people don't cry out, even the, the rocks will. Imagine that. Animals talking, donkeys, things like that. Everything is made to praise the Lord. You know, I think of a windy day, the trees out there, these behemoths are waving back and forth in the wind. I think of people worshiping and their hands raised and just think, wow, look at that mighty oak, there, praising the Lord, bless you. 
<clears throat> Bless the Lord all his works in places of his dominion, which is everywhere. Then David turns back to himself and says, Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord, O my soul. <clears throat> 